0: Well, here we are, and we are coming out of a weekend. And let me say that, as always, it is just great to be with you today. And this is David Carnes. This is the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And as we come back together today, I just want to say hello to some of you who are listening to this podcast in different states around the country and then also different nations around the world. And so, Let me just give a warm welcome today to our listeners in Arizona, but then also let me say hi to our listeners in the state of Texas. We also have listeners in Virginia. We have listeners in Maryland. We have listeners in the state of New Mexico. We have listeners in Nevada, but then it doesn't stop there. We also have listeners now in California and also in the state of Oregon. And so, again, just a privilege to have you with us. But then also, let me give a warm welcome to our listeners that we have in different countries around the world. For example, people listening from the Philippines. We have listeners in England. We have listeners in Norway, also in Bangladesh. And so, it's so good that this podcast, it's getting out all over the world. You are tuning in. But again, I say welcome and hello to you today. (laughs) But now, with that said, let me just now get us into God's Word. And what we are going to do today is, we are going to begin our look now at John chapter 4. And at this point, we find ourselves being introduced to the text that many refer to as the woman at the well. And at this point, we find Jesus making his way to Samaria. And when he arrives, we will find that he evangelizes a woman there, tells her about eternal life. Now, it's a wonderful text that's lying there before us. But now, as we begin our look at this text, let me say that the main thrust of this text is what we are going to call the principles of evangelism. And By just observing Jesus and how he shares with this woman how eternal life can be hers, we see again what we call then the principles of evangelism. But now, with that said, there's one final item here, and that is since this is a narrative, we're going to first spend some time looking at the setting. For example, we are going to look at where Jesus is at this point, what is taking place, and just getting familiar with the surroundings. But today, what we do is we begin to look at John chapter 4 by first looking at the setting of this narrative. The setting, by the way, it's laid out for us in the first six verses of this chapter. And so today, we have just enough time to look at verses one through three, and then when we come back on Wednesday, we'll look at verses four through six, but again, We find ourselves now in John chapter 4. We're going to take a look at the narrative then, referred to as the woman at the well. And we begin today by looking at the setting. And so, let me now get us into the text as we spend time in God's Word. Today, I'm going to ask that you please take your Bibles And turn with me, please, to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 today. We open up this chapter now this morning, and today we are going to begin a walk over the next few weeks, maybe even over the next month or so, through this wonderful chapter, John chapter 4. And let me say, as we open up this chapter this morning now, we come to a portion of Scripture where we are going to see Jesus doing something, and that is Jesus is evangelizing. This is what we're going to see him do. This account, by the way, that we are going to open up this morning, some over the years have just come to call this portion of Scripture the woman at the well. That is what we're going to be looking at. Now, as we sit here, I am sure that there are some of you who are familiar with this account, uh, the woman at the well. But again, we see Jesus evangelizing a woman who we will see is really an outcast in society. We are going to see also, as we look at this account, this woman that Jesus is going to evangelize, she comes to salvation, she comes to eternal life. And then finally, as we continue to look at this account, we are going to see that this woman is used by God to bring many others in her village to faith in Jesus. But this woman that we are speaking about is what the Bible refers to as a Samaritan. She is from that region called Samaria this region that was in the northern region of Israel. And really, before we get into this, let me do this, but let me just give us some background on Samaria and, again, that region in northern Israel. But the Samaritans, understand this, they were a despised people by the Jews. The Jews wanted nothing to do with them. And the reason went back hundreds of years. As a matter of fact, you could go back to 722 B.C., the Assyrian invasion of the region of northern Israel. As a result of the invasion of Assyria, the Assyrians took the Jews from northern Israel captive, took them back to Assyria. But now, with that said, some of the Jews in northern Israel were not all exiled to Assyria. Some of the Jews actually stayed behind. And yet what happened is, those Jews that remained... They began to intermarry now. They began to intermarry with the invading forces. They began to intermarry with the pagan people. As a result, the false religions then became uh, prominent. The false religions began to pour into the land, the area of northern Israel. And so those Jews that married the people from the pagan lands, they became known really as half breeds, half Jew and half pagan. This is how they were looked at. They then therefore became a disgrace for the people, the Jewish people. Again, they wanted nothing to do with the people from this area called Samaria. Also during this time, because you might ask, well, how did the name Samaria come about? One of the foreign kings that came into the northern part of Israel, his name was Amri, named the capital city of that region Samaria and so as time went on the entire region actually became known as samaria there was the capital city of samaria and then the region of samaria kind of like new york new york is what it became so as we look at this then we then see the people of that area the people of that region over time became known as samaritans but these people again they were Jews who intermarried with the pagan nations that had invaded them, and then this caused the people to be despised. The Jews despised them for this, wanted nothing to do with them. By the way, all that I have shared with you, you can go back, you can find, you can read in detail, really, 1 Kings chapter 16, also 2 Kings chapter 17, lets us know all this. But the woman that we see then in this text, she's an outcast she is despised this woman who is this samaritan and yet this is who jesus evangelizes this is who jesus sits with speaks about eternal life with coming into the kingdom of god with and so with all that said this is what we're going to do but we're going to begin to look at this section of scripture then this morning a section that begins with verse number one and actually the section goes all the way To verse number 42 so you know then we are going to be here for a while it's going to take a few weeks to look at this but again a wonderful text one that we're going to see um, many wonderful truths come out as we just walk through this but now this morning we are going to begin again then to look at Jesus as he speaks to this woman about eternal life Jesus evangelizing in this text now if you are a note-taker this is what you'll want to do At the top of your page, you'll want to write down principles of evangelism, because this is what the text brings out. The text brings out different principles as we evangelize, as we tell people about Jesus. And again, write that at the top of your page. That's what we're going to spend the next few Sundays looking at. But also let me say today that not only are we going to look at the principles of evangelism, and we're going to get into that before we're out of here today, but we're also going to spend much of our time this morning just looking at the setting looking at the scene. Understand that the gospel of John, just like all the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there are so many narratives that we find in this gospel. And of course, as we look at a narrative, we need to then first spend time looking at the setting. We need to see what's going on. We need to see the people. Who are the people in the narrative? We need to just bring all this out, and we need to kind of to, to build a foundation. And so that's what we're gonna do most of our time this morning. We're, before we finish up this morning, we are gonna to get to the principles of evangelism. We're gonna to touch the surface of one of them. But this morning, what we're really gonna do is we're just gonna set the groundwork, we're gonna set the scene, we're gonna look at the setting. And so again, if you're a note taker, you have written down the principles of evangelism. Now just write this down, write down the setting, because now we're just gonna go through this and see, okay, where is Jesus at, Uh, what is taking place, and the scene and the setting. Now, this is really going to take the first six verses of chapter 4. So right now, we're going to focus in on the first six verses, particularly right off the bat, the first three verses. So let's do this. You look at your Bibles, look at John chapter 4. Let me just read the first three verses here, and this will get us started. But the text says this. It says, now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. Now we just stop right there. And really, this is what gets us started into all this. This is how we begin. But again, now you look at the end of verse three, and let's just start there in all of this. But you look at the end of verse number three, the text tells us that Jesus did what? It says that he left Judea, and he now departed to go to Galilee. In other words, Jesus now leaves that area where Jerusalem is located. He leaves the southern region, and he heads north. He heads back to Galilee. That's what he does. Jesus goes back to where he came from. But now, just some review, all right? Just some review in regard to the travels of Jesus up until this point. But you remember. That if we were to go back to John chapter 1, you remember that we first saw Jesus as John the Baptist was preaching in that place called Bethany across the Jordan. You remember that. That's where we were first introduced to Jesus. But Jesus, he's there. But then you remember that after collecting his first few disciples, Jesus, he went north. He went to Galilee. John chapter 2 tells us that, and that's where we saw Jesus, remember, in that little village of Cana? That's where that wedding took place, again, still in the northern part of uh, Israel. But then after the wedding, Jesus makes his way where? Do you remember? Now he makes his way south again. He makes his way south. He goes to Jerusalem. Again, remember, we saw him at the temple where he cleared the temple. Then there is the account, as we walked our way now through John 3, there's the account of Jesus and Nicodemus in that conversation. Where did that take place? That took place in Jerusalem. But then still further into the account when walking through John 3, Jesus did what? It says he went out into the Judean countryside. Why did he do that? Remember he did that in part to just have some time to teach his disciples but then also he uses that time to preach to the people who are coming to hear him. And so John, what John does early on in this gospel is he just gives us the movements of Jesus, where he's going, his travels. But then again, here at the beginning of John chapter 4, we're told again that Jesus left that southern region. He left Judea and he's headed back north. He's headed back now to Galilee. By the way, Jesus would remain in Galilee from this point on. He would stay there for about a year. Great ministry taking place there, miracles taking place there, but he's there for about a year now. But now, with all that said, there is the question that we can ask and that is, so why is it that Jesus, he uproots and now he goes north again? Why does he do this? why leave the area where Jerusalem was located? You would think he would want to be next to or right there in the center of the largest city in the entire country. You think he would want to stay there. Well, really we can find the answer and it's in the text and it's in verse number one. So now you go to verse number one and look at it. Let me read it again. But in verse number one, the text says, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, now jump to verse 3, He left Judea. You see that. Now, here's what's happening. But the Pharisees, the Jewish religious elite, the leaders of Judaism... They were very uncomfortable with Jesus. As a matter of fact, we could say they did not like him. As a matter of fact, we could say even at this point, even though it is early on in his ministry, we could say they hated him. They despised him. Again, you could ask the question, well, why? Well, just remember, go back to John chapter 2, the account of Jesus clearing out the temple in Jerusalem. I mean, Jesus at that point, he had made himself and he had come into the Pharisees' turf. That's what he had done. And he condemned the religion of uh, Judaism as it had become, as the religious establishment had transformed it. And so they hated him. There was this great hatred toward Jesus. It was mounting, and to avoid what we would call, and I guess we could say this, to avoid a premature confrontation, Jesus decided just to move on move out of the area. Now, I want you to understand this. Would confrontation, real confrontation come? Yes. Confrontation's going to come in the ministry of Jesus. He's going to stand in the midst of it, but not right now. Not at this point. Why? Because his ministry's just beginning. There was still so much for Jesus to do. And so before things really escalated, what he did was he just moved north. He moved to Galilee. By the way, and again, this is just review for us, but let's look at verse number one again. I want you to see something. We're told that Jesus, it says, was making and baptizing more disciples than John. Now, who's John? This is a reference of John the Baptist. Remember this. Remember that we learned that the ministry of John the Baptist and the ministry of Jesus, there was a time that those two ministries, they actually overlapped. During that time, the popularity of Jesus was doing what? it was increasing over that of John. Again, the Pharisees seeing the popularity of Jesus increase, what did it do? It caused great anger with them. Uh, they didn't like that, but it was also about this. It was about this time that John the Baptist, you remember, made that wonderful statement in John chapter 3, verse 30. Again, when we see more people actually going over to Jesus, what did John the Baptist say? John the Baptist said, he must increase, but I must decrease. And you remember, that was at a time when the disciples of John the Baptist came to John and said, don't you see what's happening? And what were they trying to fuel in John? They were trying to fuel pride in John. That's what they were trying to do. But John says, that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. John had no issue with the rising popularity of Jesus, but of course the Pharisees did. Also, just one last item in all of this. You look at verse number 2. Now, we just need to pull that off the page for a moment. And again, as we look at verse 2, this is going to be just a little bit of review for us. But again, you look at verse number 2, and John the Apostle writes this. He writes, Although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples. Now, this is interesting. You know what John does here? John puts in a disclaimer. That's what he does. Again, he wants us to understand that it was not Jesus who was baptizing people. You remember, and we bring this out because, and we kind of look at it again, but you remember back in John chapter 3, verse 26, the disciples of John the Baptist, they come and they announce that Jesus is baptizing and all are going to him. Those were the words of the disciples of John the Baptist. But now, the way we found that that really needs to be read is Jesus was calling people to be baptized. That's what he was doing. That's how you read that. And so again, in our text, John 4, verse 2, we're told, no, Jesus never baptized anyone. Now, do you remember why? Because we brought that up, and I think it's important that we address that again. Why is it that he did not do that? Well, just remember this. For Jesus to begin baptizing people could create what in people? How about pride? How about jealousy? I mean, how easy would it be for someone to say, well, guess who baptized me? Jesus baptized me, and boy, I must be somebody. Oh, you mean he didn't baptize you? Well, I'm so sorry, but he, he baptized me. And so that's why Jesus, we don't see him doing that. By the way, Paul had the same mindset. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, Paul said, I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. Why? So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Paul knew exactly what could happen. Pride could set in because the apostle Paul baptized me and he didn't baptize you, so sorry, but he baptized me. And so that's what's going on here. Jesus didn't baptize anyone. His disciples did. He handled that. He handed that over to them. Also, one more item here, and that is this baptism. Let's just bring it up one more time. This baptism that was taking place among the ministries of Jesus and John the Baptist at this time. Understand, what kind of baptism was it? It's what the Bible calls a baptism of repentance. That's what it was. This was a baptism that painted a picture of a person desiring to repent of sin. John the Baptist was calling on people to come and just cleanse themselves of sin. Repent. Get ready for the coming Messiah. How do you want to meet him? Do you want to meet him in sin or do you want to meet him in repentance? And so this this outward physical bath was a picture of what they were wanting on the inside of their hearts. And so it was a baptism of repentance. That is what we have here, just to bring that out one more time. But this is what we have, verses 1 through 3. Well, that's the opening part of John chapter 4. And again, just looking at the setting, just laying some groundwork here for us. But we will continue to just open up this chapter the next time we come together, Jesus on his way to Samaria in order to share the gospel with a woman there. But I look forward to taking us through this wonderful narrative that's before us and we will continue to do so on Wednesday. But until then... Let me just say that you have a blessed day, you live for Jesus, love Him, and share Him with others, and we will see each other again as we spend time in God's Word.